0: God's chosen people, those to whom the covenant belongs. Since when does her king consult mediums to find a word from God? This people who had been under the direct authority and leadership of their God from the beginning have now tragically fallen to such a state as to have her king who can no longer hear from the Lord is now summoning the spirits of dead prophets to hear words that that same king had long rejected from that same prophet. The tragic story unfolds in 1 Samuel 28, and on today's podcast we'll take a minute to try to trace how we got here and what we can learn from it all. Verses 15 through 19 of 1 Samuel 28 read, Why have you disturbed me from bringing, by bringing me up? Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through the prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. Samuel answered, Since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? The Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his burning anger against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand over Israel to the Philistines along with you. Tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. Now, 1 Samuel 28 is a tragic example of sin's cause and effect. The drama we've been witnessing between David and Saul has now come full circle. What began in the palace with a young boy playing the lyre led to Saul's death and eventual destruction. All of this could have gone so much differently, though. Still, the powerful ramifications of Saul's insecurity and paranoid choices made this outcome practically inevitable. Long before David sided with Israel's bitterest foe, the Philistines. Long before the maniacal plots to arrest and murder David. Far before the public embarrassment of the incidents with the prophets. Way back before David's absence at the feast or Saul's hurling the spear at him before even the victories of David for Saul, or even before Samuel anoints David and the fateful day that fateful day in the Valley of Elah where David routed Goliath, before any of that was Saul's disobedience, his impatience, and his arrogance. You see, Saul didn't want to wait for Samuel to sacrifice to God. Saul didn't want to kill all the Amalekites. Instead, he erected a monument to his own greatness. All these are poor choices, and they'd all finally come home to roost in Saul's life. And he was in a desperate place. He'd already been told that the kingdom had been ripped from his hands like Samuel's cloak because of his rebellion and insolence. Now all that was left was the pitiful grasping for power and the groveling at the feet of the spirit from beyond the grave. But all of this could have been avoided had Saul's choices been different. But now his desperation had forced him to the brink of the unthinkable. It's a dangerous place for Saul to be. He literally has no one to which to turn. David is with the Philistines, ready to attack. Jonathan is committed to David's safety. His daughter is married to the man through his own impetuous and underhanded planning. Now Samuel is dead after having told him the whole thing is over. Even secondary options, which were less than godly, like the mediums and the spiritists, they've all been banished from the land. So when Saul tries to finally get a word from God, God's not speaking to him. I mean, why should he? after Saul has established such a pattern of ignoring God's commands. His rebellion provoked the Lord's silence. Saul tries everything, but God has nothing to say to him. Everything that needs to be said has already been said to this rebellious and stubborn leader. Eventually, Saul is so desperate that he disguises himself and consults a medium that is working secretly despite Saul's orders. When he arrives to speak with her, she's afraid to even perform her dark magic for the man because she fears the king's edict. All the while not knowing that the very man before her is the one who had her banished in the first place. When she summons the spirit of Samuel, which is in itself a mysterious and perplexing topic, when all that happens, she screams, knowing that the man in front of her is Saul. What Samuel says from beyond the grave had to have been perilously haunting to this desperate king. Essentially, Samuel tells him that all this was scripted out perfectly to bring him to the grave because of his rebellion, his stubbornness, and his arrogance. Now, as we apply this chapter to our lives, we learn several things, don't we? First, sin always has a consequence. It may not be today or tomorrow, But we must remember that our foolish choices have faithful consequences. If you put seed into the ground, it's going to come up. If we sow sin, we will reap judgment. Numbers 32.23 reads, Be sure your sin will find you out. This doesn't necessarily mean that every sin will be revealed, but it does mean that sin will always discover you. You cannot run from the consequence of sin. That consequence will either be judged in you or in Jesus. This should make us even more thankful for the gospel, right? But it should also actively curb our desire to engage in sin, knowing that our sin leads us to damaging consequences, most damaging of putting Jesus on the cross in the first place. You see, the great truth of 1 John 1.9 is a comfort to us. But we also must remember that sin always has a price. We may be forgiven, but our consequences will still be realized, either in our own lives or in our Savior's. It's also tragic to see Saul's desperation to hear from God and then to see God's silence. This is a dangerous place. When he walks in arrogance, rebellion, and stubbornness, when we do that as Saul did, There may come a day where, try as we may to hear from God, He's silent, and all that we are left with are the naturally deafening consequences of our disobedience. If we would listen to the Lord consistently, we must obey what He says when He speaks. We don't have the option to ignore God's leading in our lives and still expect Him to lead us in the future. That's not how it works. When the Lord speaks to us, he desires that we obey and follow his directives, not ignore them and do our own thing. Hearing from God in the future depends on our obedience to his revealed word in the present. May we be quick to listen and quicker to obey, knowing that we are dependent on his voice. Finally, don't be surprised if God hasn't changed his mind if you haven't changed yours. Saul was just as arrogant, just as stubborn, just as paranoid as the end of his life as he was at the beginning. And just because we are now feeling the consequences of our sin, we can't expect God to change his mind and rescue us if we haven't changed our mind and repented. You see, repentance and rescue often go hand in hand. God rescues those who repent, as in turn away from their sin. But he rarely saves when we live lives of unrepentance. In summary. God is near to those who quickly obey and quickly repent. Said another way, God is distant from those who would instead rebel, than repent. Who would rather not follow and do their own thing. This is a lesson all of us need to remember. Let every man be quick to repent and quick to obey. For in so doing, we have confidence that our God is close and ready to rescue. So God, help us to be a people of repentance people who are quick to obey your word. Guard us against the rebellion and pride that puts us at a distance from you. Help us remember that sin always has consequences, and may we live lives of holiness, obedience, and repentance. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at ReadYourBible.info. That's ReadYourBible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to SouthSeminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.